Good morning, this is Randy Landry, and this is my 103rd podcast, Common Sense and Ramblings in America. Today, I'm going to be reading um, some more from my travel book. I'm going to be reading, um, in particular, chapters 12 and 13. 12 is going to be local versus cross-country, and chapter 13 will be car travel. So, I will go ahead and start reading from chapter 12. There is a lot to be said for road trips. For one, they usually are cheaper than trips taken by commercial means. You also get to see a lot more of the countryside, and you can, if time permits, stop whenever you want. You can also stop and turn around whenever you want. A good time to do this is when your money is half used up. There are no penalties incurred by shortening it or altering the route or even destination because it is your trip and you have total control over it. As long as you don't have any reservations made, there is no problem with making these changes unless you are counting disappointed family members. There is also no real issue as long as you have room. You can bring whatever you want on the trip. You can bring as little or as much as you want, whatever suits you. You can use your economy car or that big SUV with a pull-behind trailer loaded with all kinds of travel goodies or even a fishing boat if that's with what you want. A few years back, I came across a hybrid trailer that allowed the owner to have all a small SUV and a small fishing boat on top above it. This person certainly had the best of both worlds. We have a van that has a memory foam couch that opens up into a queen-sized bed. It is very comfortable and allows us to stay at a campsite overnight when we are traveling. If I want to save even more money, I can bring my portable generator and a small porta potty with me, which allows me to camp on BLM land for free. I have a small single axle utility trailer when I decide to bring my mountain bikes or kayaks with us. Eventually, I will buy a quad to take with us as well. I have two spare tires in a trailer which makes it safer to take across country trips. Redundancy is always a good idea when you are going on a long journey. I just recently bought a new hydraulic floor jack with a metal skid plate that allows me to use a jack on softer ground to jack my van up. I don't like the jacks that come with the vehicle. They are very unsafe unless the location for the tire change is optimal. I don't know about you, but I have never had a flat tire in a nice well-lit Walmart parking lot. I always bring jumper cables, emergency road deflectors, and a spare gas can. If you're going to areas that are more remote, not only bring extra gas, but bring a couple of gallons of water for your vehicle in case it overheats. Also bring a roll of duct tape, or even better, Gorilla Tape, to patch a ruptured car hose. If you can't change your tire, bring a couple of cans of Fix-A-Flat with you. One may not be enough. When we plan our road trips, we allot enough money to stay at a hotel every night just in case campgrounds are not conveniently located. I take every night that I can camp as a plus because it saves us more money for later on in the trip. Who knows, we might want to splurge one night and stay at a really nice hotel. When we took our road trip to Florida, we spent 17 days in the road. You may ask why it took so long to make a road tri- round trip of 4,500 miles. The answer is that I limit myself to 300 miles of driving a day. By doing this, I have ample time to sightsee along the way. That almost means that I'm not killing myself driving. We usually stop driving around 4.30 p.m. so we can find a nice place to stay, whether it be a campsite or hotel. On our trip to Florida and back, we only stayed in campsites five of those nights. This is far less than I had hoped for. 
The reason this happened was that many of the campsites along the way cost almost as much as the cheaper motels. In a lot of cases, we were only talking about a $10 difference, so it made more sense to stay in the hotel rooms. Even a cheap room is more comfortable than my van. I also stay at hotels if it is either raining or snowing. It is no fun camping when it's raining cats and dogs. I have done it too many times. I also have frozen my ass off in the snow, again, no fun. There is a lot to be said for a hot shower in the morning when it is 10 degrees Fahrenheit outside. When you are trying to decide if you want to stay close to home, stay, one, say, 100 to 200 miles away, or drive a 1,000 miles or more, you have a few things to consider. First is how much time do you have. Second, how much money do you have. Third, what do you want to do and see. And fourth, who are you going with? Why would I say, who are you going with? Well, a few years back, I agreed to act as a tour guide for one of my spouse's friends. She paid all the expenses, and I did all the driving and planning. Her only request that she wanted to see a lot of cool stuff. By that, I mean beautiful scenery. For the second day, her voice grated on my nerves like fingernails being scratched on a chalkboard. By the third day, I was ready to leave her behind at a rest stop. By the fourth day, I was fantasizing about dismemberment. Thank God there wasn't a fifth day, because who knows what I would have done. Because she paid for the trip, we were treated like vassals or servants. Oh, to top it off, when we got back to our house, she wanted to take her us to take her to see Death Valley as well. Well, I did, and I included it, a little antidote account of what happened on that road trip below. Now we made it back home. Dory's friend wasn't through with us yet. She wanted to see Death Valley. On the roof rack, I had put two spare tires. I have never given it much thought in regards to the weight of the tires, so now it became an issue because we were driving on uneven and bumpy roads. It was then that I heard a scraping noise, like metal on metal. So I pulled off the road, and oh yeah, I forgot what road. I just stopped my truck. Well, guess what? The weight of the tires with the bouncing and vibrations had broken my roof rack. So the roof rack went into the ditch for the next round of desert scavengers, and the tires went into the back of the truck. Dory's friend was fast becoming a major bad luck talisman. Oh yes, it was important on who you were traveling with. I also wanted to take along a road trip with a bunch of whiny and bratty children. So if you ever, either of these, as your travel companions, do yourself a favor and out for a local road trip, you'll be happy when you get to dump them off at your destination. When they are outside your vehicle, you can just take off and leave them behind, lol. Now let's get serious. Local road trips can be highly satisfying and can be ended fairly cheaply. The options are almost limitless. It all depends on your needs and desires, what you like to do. I live in Las Vegas, so casinos are a very close option for us. These casinos are amazing. They are virtual cities unto themselves. If you are a gambler, you may even get comped room and uh, room meals. I am not a gambler, so I don't enjoy these freebies. But my Uncle Herman used to come into Las Vegas all the time to gamble, and he would get comped at very nice hotels. During the winter months, a lot of people go for a nice three-day weekend to go skiing. We have a mountain and ski lodge close by in Las Vegas that a lot of people enjoy going for just today. More advanced skiing options are required that three-day weekend. Road trips can be just for the day as well. There are no rules when you plan them. They can be on as small of a budget as you wish. A lot of times we will bring food with us if we are just going out for the day. We are lucky in that in the six hours or less, we can be at a variety of destinations from a wonderful range of not only national parks, but state parks as well. We can go to the ocean and enjoy playing in the surf and any number of beautiful beaches. On a couple hours drive, we have Lake Mead, 
So if the water levels drop much more, we will have to start calling it a pond. You may gather that local road trips don't necessarily require a lot of planning or prepping or even, say, of, of funds. And you would mostly be right. Again, it all depends on your plans. Cross-country road trips require by necessity a great deal more planning and time and mental fortitude. If you're dating one, someone you are serious about, take them on a cross-country road trip first. If you still want to marry them afterwards, you are golden. They can try the most patient of souls, but rewards can almost be unlimitless. This is one of the reasons I limit my driving to 300 miles a day. If I were on the East Coast, I would consider chopping off 50 more miles. The reason being is that travel is much lower in the East than it is in the West. You also want to limit your time in the car as much as possible, especially if you're planning on taking a really long trip. The endless hours of driving can truly be mind-numbing and grueling. I drove a moving van from Newport Ritchie, Florida to Las Vegas in three days. The distance was just slightly over 2,700 miles. I did this by myself. Never will I do something so stupid as that again. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. The whole point of a cross-country road trip is to enjoy yourself and to see the countryside. If you just wanted to blast through the drive, why not just fly there instead? It might actually be cheaper. I have discussed the planning binders that I have. I have been doing this for a few years now, and I have a lot of really cool places listed in those pages. I use my U.S. notebook to help plan my road trip to Florida. Once I see a place listed in my notebook, I simply put a line through it. It makes me feel good to see all the places that I have been to. I also have a map of the world mounted in my office that I stick a pin into for every place I go to. I wish there were more pins, but I am making some progress. Just a little side note, do yourself a favor, take plenty of photos of your trip. Memories become fuzzy with time. It is also a good idea to take pictures of the signs of all the places you go to. It helps to break up the photos a little, and it helps you to remember where the photos were taken. If you visit a lot of parks that have similar scenery, they can get a little confusing. I post all of my best photos on Flickr.com. I also label them as well, so the more information you can include with your photos, the better. It will make it easier for you to document them. I will spend more time discussing your photographs and sharing your expertise, or my expertise, experiences, in Chapter 23. I want to include a brief discussion on a hybrid trip mainly because I already mentioned this trip already. Due to the distance to our planned destination, we took a plane trip to a strategically located city, in this case Denver, Colorado. By doing this, it shaved off 750 miles on each leg of the journey. This is a great way to save valuable vacation time for stuff you really want to see. We rented a minivan for the second portion part of the trip. We brought a tent for our stay at both Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. For most of our loop, we stayed at hotels. We were out of necessity camped at Devil's Tower, of course. It rained like hell that night. I already mentioned my wife's floating cell phone in a previous chapter, so I won't regale you with the details. I guess it was worth it because I made fast friends with that sweet, very sweet little light-colored bunny rabbit while we were at the park. Of course, I called them bugs. While it is true that you can use a car for cross-country trip, I find it a little restrictive in size for that type of trip. My preference would be to restrict its use to a trip a little closer to home. There is also the option of renting a car or vehicle for these trips to reduce the wear and tear on your vehicle. This might be a good idea if it is getting a little long in the tooth and is just not as reliable as you would like. The last thing you want is to have your car break down in the middle of nowhere. It is your road trip. If your road trip means visiting a rarely seen relative, 
why not show off a little more of a somewhat fancy vehicle than you normally drive? Take that, Uncle Herb. Just a little side note, no matter what vehicle you drive, always have two sets of keys with you. Each of the primary drivers should always have the keys on them, not just lying in the vehicle. Another thing I started carrying on all my vehicles, and I even have a spare one when I rent cars, is a glass breaker and seatbelt cutter. I guess I have seen too many movies. But you know what? You never know. Besides, I frankly don't want to be trapped in a burning car or a car going underwater. Just a little side note, when I was coming home from the University of South Florida back in the day, a car coming toward me in the opposite lane for no reason swerved to his right and went in off the road and rolled into a ditch filled with water. By the time I was able to find a safe place to stop, there were already several cars parked and stopped to help the driver, so I kept on driving home. I am sure that cutter would have helped him. To this day, I don't know what the hell happened. Maybe he nodded off, and when he woke up, he overcorrected. But things do happen. I mention this because of what happened on a recent road trip to California. This trip will certainly not go down as one of my best trips. First of all, there were fires all on the coast of California, which ended up closing down. They closed down the campsite we were staying at and also prevented us from seeing one of the sites that we had planned the trip around. So yes, I already had sour grapes. Remember my mantra, always be prepared for the unknown and have back plans. Unfortunately, not all plans worked out as they were intended. We parked at this lovely lake on the route back to Las Vegas. I was all excited to go and take my photos when I just shut the damn door on the van. Well, I could see those damn keys just sitting on the passenger seat just laughing at me. Damn it all to hell. I just had locked my keys in the van, and of course my wife, spouse's purse with her set of keys was in the back of the van. What the hell? It was not her fault. What did she need her purse for at this time? The first tow truck service after two hours never showed up. The second one finally showed up another hour or so later. I guess response time was not bad considering where we were. So now you know. Always have two sets of keys handy. The next thing you should make sure that your vehicle has been checked over. All fluid levels are where they should be, and your tires are not only in good shape, but are full of air. Also make sure your spare tire is full of air as well, and that your jack and lug wrench are is in your vehicle. This may sound silly, but remember, I use a non-standard car jack, as a lot of other road trippers do. It is always better to be safe than sorry. Unless you're mechanically inclined, it would not hurt to have a mechanic do one of those auto checks they recommend every so many miles. This depends on the make and age of your vehicle. It also wouldn't hurt to clean your car out. This is, after all, supposed to be a trip that generates memories, so starting off with a clean car is a good way to start. This is one goofy aside, but think about getting your windows tinted before you start using it on road trips. The more tint in the back windows will make it harder for thieves to see what you have in your car. Since you are going on a road trip, and unless you are driving to Iceland, you'll be passing grocery stores and yes, even a Walmart here and there along the road. If you forget to pack something like a toothbrush or deodorant, you can always pick it up. However, you still need to make sure you have other things not so easily replaced like your eyeglasses and medicine and other essentials. So you should do just like you do for any trip, and that is a double check to make sure that you haven't forgotten anything. Even though you are a little limited for packing room, you can still bring a lot of clothes. If you have a special outfit you have been dying to wear, bring, wear, bring it.
you might find an occasion to wear it. When it comes, when it comes to footwear, I recommend a nice light pair of tennis shoes for driving, like a nice pair of Skechers. Sandals or high heel shoes are just not practical for a lot of driving. Since shoes are small, bring as many as you want. There's a guarantee that if you decide not to bring it, you will most assuredly need or want it. Don't forget to bring those maps and books and the other navigational aid that you might need. Hell, bring your sextant if you have one. If you're into photography, bring your largest bag full of everything you think you will need or want to use. Bring a tripod if you have one. Also remember to bring a small one for your daily camera needs. This may sound silly, but bring along a white bath towel for just for your camera gear. You would be surprised on how hot the sun can get beaming through your window back window of your car. Most camera bags are dark and therefore absorb the sunlight. The white towel not only reduces the heat of the sun, it also covers your camera bag so a thief will not see it there. You can put it in the trunk when you are stopped, but remember the thieves know people put shit in their trunks. So as long as it is not easily visible, it won't be as likely a target. Since you're going by car, you don't, won't really have a lot of room to bring food, so you most likely are relying on snacks for the drive and stopping at restaurants for your meals. I have one suggestion that at least two weeks before your trip, don't eat any junk food or eat at any fast food restaurants, because by the end of your road trip, you'll be truly sick of eating that crap. If you are lucky, you will get one halfway decent meal a day. It's just the way things go on these trips. No matter how much you try to eat right, so relax, your diet will be there when you get back home. Besides, this is part of the fun about road trips, you get to cheat a little. If you have pets, this is time to make a decision. Do I bring them or don't I? Unless they are truly used to travel, do yourself a favor and don't bring them. Have someone care for them or bring them to a kennel. They are nice ones and you will both be the happier for it. I will include an anecdotal account of a road trip taken by my brother in chapter 15 to help illustrate not only my reasoning, about not taking pets on a road trip, but also because it involves a travel trailer. Car accessories to bring for your convenience. If you like to drink cans of soda, get those foam can inserts. They really keep your soda can cooler. Or if you prefer water, get one of the spring-loaded water containers that are insulated. They will keep your water cooler for a long time. If you like 7-Eleven Big Gulps, get one of those large insulated cups. Get a nice telescoping phone holder that can position it for easier viewing if you are using it for GPS. I always have a dedicated phone charger each of my vehicles. Don't forget to bring that sun visor, especially if you want to pull over to take a nap. It will help keep your vehicle cooler. Well, that about wraps up car travel. Remember, always be safe. And while you can travel by yourself, it is always safer to travel with someone else and hopefully it is more fun for you as well.